Hello and welcome to Radzin. I'm Joel Golombek. I'm Michael Weber. And I'm Casey O'Neill. Radzin is a storytelling podcast featuring a series of modern Hasidic folktales about the mysterious, mystical shtetl of Radzin. Some stories are more true than others, but they all lead up to the legendary fate of the town of Radzin during World War II. This is part five of the first story of Radzin, Muddle's Fiddle. Radzin, Poland, 1889. The flames dance in the silver cups behind them, enjoying a moment only they were aware of. Although it was midday, the Rebbe requested that the drapes on his windows be drawn. Only a few candles were lit, and it occurred to Muttel that the illumination of the room was of a different sort. It was still difficult to see around the Rebbe's study, but somehow, things seemed more clear. His thoughts were less noisy, and his desires felt simpler. He turned to Isser, and they simultaneously grimaced. How on earth did the Tzaddik know? In every household, the Rebbe began, there is a mother, there is a father, there are sons, and there are daughters. Sometimes even, there is a dog. Each one has a special job to do, that only they can do, that only they were meant to do. So too in Radzin, so too in the world. He paused for a moment, considered opening his mouth, then stopped himself. It's so important, he continued. It is so important. Isser, he said, do you know what's more precious than having something you need? not having the things you don't need yet. The Rebbe knew when to be soft and when to be harsh, and locked his gaze until the richest man in Radzin put his head halfway down in shame and handed the fiddle to Muttel. Muttela, the Rebbe said, what happened to your music this morning? We weren't the same without it. Please play us a song. All the men in the room knew this wasn't a request. If circumstances were different, Muttel would have happily embraced an opportunity to do what he does best for his Rebbe. If this were yesterday, and he weren't yet worried about buying some challah for dinner, he would have played the happiest song he could remember. But standing in front of the man he respected most in this world, and next to the one he envied most, he could not feel anything but ineptitude for once again possessing the violin he sold that morning to buy some food for Shabbos. He closed his eyes and a sad, piercing song began to emanate from his soul onto the strings of his beloved instrument.
Being uncomfortable with your creator is one thing, but being uncomfortable with yourself is another. When the Rebbe heard this song, his heart felt its own pain, its own loss, and felt worthy of the rewards it would receive for enduring it. When Isser heard the song, he also felt his own worth and began to clap sinisterly. If only, he said, you could eat a song for Shabbos dinner. Matal's soul stirred. He had poured it into his melody as he poured it into every melody he had ever played. How many days had he spent on how many corners pouring his soul into melodies? And what, he wondered, did he have to show for it? What? he demanded from his creator was to show for it. Oi, Matala, Isser murmured. Oi, Matala, the Rebbe murmured. Still holding the neck of the fiddle with both hands, Matal sank to his knees, lowered his head, and followed each individual string with his eyes across a bed of splintered wood, glue, and paint. His hands shook and sweat dripped from his forehead onto his eyes, mixing with tears and dripping down his nose to the bare floor beneath him. That, my sweet Matala, the Rebbe said, is something you cannot do. Do you know how precious every instrument is? Every instrument, with or without music, every moment, every object that allows us to connect with something holy inside ourselves. Muttle did not have the strength to look up. He just listened, breathing softly. Fractured pieces of his fiddle had pierced his hands, lingering, and blood moved towards his fingertips and slowly stained the cuff of his white shirt. Matala, if you don't pay respect to these holy instruments, they cannot connect you. He paused. They cannot protect you. Muttle now looked up, his eyes red and distant. Isser, too, dared not look away from his Rebbe in this moment. They each had the same question, and it was not necessary to ask it. Protect us against what? the Rebbe said, looking at both of his chassidim. We should be blessed to never know the answer. That was part five of Muttel's Fiddle, the very first story about the mystical shtetl of Radzin. Read by Joel Golombek, written by Michael Weber, violin by Catherine Licardo, and voiced by Gwen Richmond, composition by me, Casey O'Neill. Thank you so much for listening, and if you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And if you'd like to read some more stories about Radzin, head to radzinstories.com. That's R-A-D-Z-Y-N stories.com. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors. This week's episode of Rod Zinn is brought to you by the New York Times. If you're having trouble finding something to say at the Shabbos table this week, it's probably because you aren't already subscribed to the Times. Every week, the New York Times delivers hundreds of anti-Semitic articles straight to your laptop with special issues full of incitement and book reviews in their weekend edition. The New York Times is more than just a newspaper. It's a way to fill your days and evenings with letters to the editor, angry tweets, and indignant Facebook posts. And it never fails to deliver. Every time you think you've finished an article, you can always come back and read a beautifully written editor's note with an official apology. Use promo code RODZIN and your subscription will automatically cancel, then resubscribe every two weeks. 
Thank you again for listening, and come back next week for part six of the first story in the Radzin series, Muttel's Fiddle. <laughs>